So on, on mornings like this, you need a, a preacher who can squint, you know, just to keep an eye. <laughs> so I, I really like that uh, uh, thought uh, and urging of, of, of Rob's that this is family. That this is, it just seems to me that it's not like, uh, I don't know, service does sound like quite heavy. This is family. And so if family are getting cold, they can stand up and move around. Who knows, you could even sneak behind the preacher and grab yourself a cup of coffee. And I was watching you guys there. You were looking inside, thinking it's much nicer inside than out. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah. And, and so actually, guys, it's, uh, let's not all get religious. And I don't want to be religious. I, 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 I kind of don't like religion anymore. So, so let's just enjoy each other and enjoy the, the kind of the, the words. Uh, uh, now, I mean, is it a coincidence? This is the very first time that it's kind of rained like this. Uh, and who's the preacher? Now, what are we going <laughs> to take from that? Well, I, I kind of thought about it, and I thought grace has been at work. I mean, it is an absolute, the power of God to get all of you guys out of bed and yeah, out a day like this. It is the unmerited power and grace of God that did it. So, uh, so you are the called out ones. So, <laughs> well done to you. But, but, but... <laughs> But uh, maybe Grace has been working on those folk who are curled up in bed, you know. Maybe just by the divine favor of God, they knew who was preaching and they decided to stay in bed. <laughs> so it was for freedom, as my wife reminded me, that Christ has set us free. So if we don't... If we don't hear and resonate and feel freedom, Lord, that's what we want. That's what we all want, you know. And it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So uh, thank goodness for grace. Grace, grace, grace upon grace. You know, um, I think many of us have, have really sat under grace for the last 20 years or so in terms of its... I guess, wider meaning, and we are, I think, the freedom that has come into our lives, uh, all we can do is say thank you, and, and also to honor, I must say, those who contended and brought that word to us as the body of Christ, you know, and that came through many voices. I think a lot of the roots of, 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 of this particular family gathering came through a voice that came from Rob Rufus. But there are many voices, and we really want to honor those guys because they fought and they contended, and there was opposition. Every one of the kind of the ancient truths that came, the body of Christ and individuals carrying that mantle had to fight for it, you know. So we walk in the, in the freedom of it, but they really contended on our behalf. So I, I must say I was going to... Um, I was going to kind of start this, uh, this family chat, and I want to treat it as a family chat by actually teasing Jacques. But, you know, he, I, I have a new admiration for him because he brought the most 
wonderful geography lesson to us about Teutonic plates or tectonic plates, I think it was. I mean, it's just, he, he, so I'm now holding him high esteem. I'm not going to tease him anymore. But, but there's one thing I will say to you, Jacques, that uh, Sincidians has got a, a teaching position open for entrepreneurship and geography, and the other elders have put your name forward. <laughs> uh, so anyway, grace, 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 guys, and we can be so, so grateful. And I know we talk, I know we talk about the kind of the gospel of grace, but if you think about it, it's, it's this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, of which, yes, grace is part of it, but it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. It's this almost too good to be true news. And if we are hearing a gospel in our hearts or audibly or in our heads, uh, that is not almost too good to be true. We're not hearing the full gospel. And so we really just, it's, it's Jesus. And yes, encompassed in this, this beautiful flavor that, that Rob was talking about, this beautiful recipe of the gospel of Jesus is grace uh, and a whole lot of other most amazing, amazing things. Uh, righteousness, to be in right standing with the Father. I mean, it's to, 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 to be able to say, Abba, Father, to God Almighty, we're in right standing, not because of us. Salvation in its broadest and its narrowest sense. Salvation as in the issue of heaven and hell and sin and all of that's dealt with. But salvation as in sozo, the fullness uh, of heaven, the opportunity of bringing heaven down to earth in our own lives is part of it. Uh, faith is part of it, you know. It's part of this whole recipe of the gospel of Jesus. And there's another S word that's part of the whole gospel of Jesus. Now, Jacques... He's very reluctant to talk about that other S word that we talked about last, the sex one, you know. And he said to us, actually, he's not really qualified to talk about sex. So, actually, there will be a, a preach by, by Jacques on sanctification, one of the very dirty words, uh, it seems, uh, uh, at the moment. You don't, I mean, you don't hear about sanctification, purity, and holiness. But when Jacques arrives with his, uh, his black tie... Uh, and his white uh, and his uh, white shirt. We'll know that we're in for sanctification. But anyway, so anyway, guys, what is this thing? What is this this grace thing? You know, how do we define it? It's quite difficult, and we hear many definitions. We know the great grace preachers, the Joseph princes, and all of this. And certainly, grace is one of the components uh, in this beautiful gospel. So we, we know it's the, we know it's the fav, firstly, the favor of God upon us. I mean, that's an incredible thing. God's favor is upon all of us, even those guys who are still in bed, by the way. It's on, theirs, on them as well. It's the favor of God. But, you know, it's not only the favor of God. We know it's the absolute unearned favor of God. And so it, that, that is remarkable. God's favor is upon each one of us here. Uh, it's actually 
I mean, I've seen Bongani there. I, I, I do just want to point out one thing about Bongani. You know, if you are feeling that the grace of you getting raised from your beds and getting out here, if you feel it's waning, Bongani carries a special anointing. He does, he does. He's the only person that I've known has taken the gospel to taking sleeping pills and arriving at a church gathering and actually being full of the spirit of life. So if you're getting a bit tired, Bongani's your man. And he's, can't you put your hand up there, Bongani. That's the man. So anyway, so the, this, this incredible favor that we live in, God's favor. Now God's God Almighty and we live under his favor. And it's an unearned favor. And that's the most incredible thing. Um, it's unearned. Uh, we didn't work for it. We never, we must not, 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 not ever work for his favor. Uh, because that actually is a very dangerous thing to do. It's a free gift. It's a completely free gift. God's grace, this gospel, and the grace of God, he decided it was going to be a free gift. Not that we weren't going to earn it. Uh, but we were going to receive it. Uh, it's a free promise. It's His free promises to us. And there are many, many promises. Your God's, as, as Kirsty was saying, God's riches, the, the riches of this gospel at Christ's expense. So a wonderful thing. Uh, and it is about uh, that uh, divine exchange, Him for us. By the measure that we contemplate the hugeness of the sacrifice is the measure of the hugeness of this gospel. And if we treat it as a small thing, I think that our spiritual eyes uh, don't realize how big Sozo is, how big the promises in our inheritance are, not only for now, not only for then in the hereafter, but for the now. So, so grace is this divine intervention uh, of, of God into the lives of, of, of believers. It is the release of the power of God. Uh, so it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, by the way, you may need grace to endure, uh, because by my figuring, I'll be finished by about 1.30. So that's okay. <laughs> So I'll, I'll, I'll move along anyway. So uh, let me just see. So what, I mean, what is grace not? And this is really important because to the measure of we understand the free gift is the measure we can be ambushed when we're not walking in that free gift. And grace is not self-effort. And that is probably the most critical, critical thing. It's this, this thing, this glorious gospel is unheard. It's the favor of God. God's intervention in all of our lives is by His grace. We didn't earn it. It's got nothing to do with our behavior. It's got nothing to do with us. It's got all to do with Jesus. And so that's what it is. So we must never, ever, 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 ever try and work to attain the approval of God, the favor of God, the intervention of God into our lives. It is grace. It's a finished work. It's a finished work. It's a finished work. Jesus said, it is finished. Now, what is our response to receive? That's our response. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. 
And I'm afraid all our good stuff that we try to do in our religiousness, uh, all that wood, hay, and stubble, is going to get burnt up. It's going to get us nowhere. So our position now before him is one of receiving. Uh, maybe a determination to receive, but it is a receiving that which we've already, he has already attained, attained for us. So that is grace. So, so in, in my view, well, where does kind of grace fit in this whole gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, in this, this, this almost too good to be true news of Jesus? Um, and, and for me, it's almost like that there are aspects of this beautiful gospel that are positional, and without getting all kind of theoretical now. But, you know, righteousness, that's like we're in right standing with God. doesn't matter what we do or we don't do. God is for us. God loves us. We are God's people. We behave well. We behave badly. Once we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our spirits become alive to Him. We are in right standing with God. It's kind of a positional place which we which we must never be moved from uh, at all. Um, but um, also, almost a positional place is this whole question of salvation. Uh, and when I mean salvation, I mean in its widest sense. Salvation as in life with Jesus in the hereafter, but the position that Jesus has already borne for us Life and most life abundantly here on earth. That is the good news. That's the fullness of, of Sozo. So those are kind of positional things. But, you know, we've been all been around long enough to say, okay, well, that's the theory, uh, but how do we actually work this out uh, into our lives, into our ordinary, everyday lives? Uh, and it seems to me that other aspects of this glorious gospel, uh, which is grace and faith, are really the channels in which we draw down from those positional truths of who we are in Christ, draws it down into our, in, into our everyday. It's almost like, like grace, the unearned favor, this gift, this inheritance, these promises are this channel it's those beautiful gold channels, Rob, that we were talking about. And, and faith, which is just humbly receiving, draws those beautiful channels down from a position of righteousness, from the position of salvation in its widest words, from even a position of sanctification, uh, Jacques. We draw it down actually into our everyday lives. So if we don't have the channel of grace, uh, we are, uh, we're in trouble. So our, our good works, we can actually be full of faith. I mean, uh, Kath and I kind of grew up under the faith movement. Boy, and we, we knew the devil was bad. We knew that God was good. We knew our inheritance. But we thought if we could faith it the whole time, we would get it, the manifestation. But we missed out on this this glorious free gift. It's a free gift. So I think, I think grace fits into this whole receiving part of the gospel. And I do just want to stress one thing again, and that is 
we can be ambushed by good works. And that's our own good works or our own self-effort. And we think of our, our dear friend who we've spent a lot of time talking about. That's the elder brother, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the prodigal son. Uh, a lot of self-effort, a lot of hard work, a lot of seeking approval, uh, a slave mentality. Um, and uh, we just don't want that kind of stuff creeping in, in our approval from God or accessing His promises. That'll ambush us. Uh, we become Pharisees, and if we're Pharisees, it, uh, it ambushes us. The rain is good, isn't it, hey? Um, so we're all with me. Uh, how's my squint eyes going? We're all, everybody's very kind of silent, you know. Nobody's jumping up and down. <laughs> uh, so, so, so what is this, what is this gospel, this gospel of which um, grace is so, so important? It, it is critically important, you know. So it, it is the new way. The gospel is a completely new way for us to live our lives here on earth. You know, the, the old way, I mean, when we were Gentiles, un, unredeemed, didn't know Jesus, uh, we were on our own. Uh, and if we didn't do it, it wasn't going to get done. It's, it, it's a matter of actually self-effort. Are we here? Oh, my goodness. So it, it was a matter of self-effort. Um, and, and, and so we, we, we really come from a background uh, of, of, of our way of getting through life is through self-effort. That's the kind of the paradigm that we come Because if it wasn't going to be us, who is going to actually get us through? So that's where we were. We were sons and daughters of, of Adam. We sat on our own, our own thrones of our own lives, making our own decisions and doing the very best we can. Uh, that is kind of the, the old way uh, and not the way uh, of the gospel. And then, and then we think, uh, so we got the Gentiles, if you don't do it on your own, if you're not smarter, quicker, throw your javelin better than the guy next to you, you you're just not going to survive uh, the, the, this, this life. And then we get the journey of, of, uh, of God's people, uh, of which we become at the end of the story. And so we think, of, we think of the Hebrew people. God, by His absolute grace, chooses them. You are going to become my people. Uh, and we think of their journey, the one that on the one side, let's call it self-effort to attain approval and blessing, and the other one, the gift and the free gift. And I guess we kind of know Abraham uh, and his faith and what God had spoken over him was, was credited to him as righteousness, and he did walk in grace and unmerited favor, and I I'm always amazed at the grace that was upon Abraham's life. When, I, when you think of what happened to him and Sarah when uh, they went down to Egypt, if you remember. They went down to Egypt. Abraham says to Sarah, listen, you're so, so darn good looking. Uh, tell everybody you're my sister. Otherwise, they're going to kill me and take, take you. I mean, 
So, I mean, he's like, he's really way off, way off beat. And, um, and so they go down there. Pharaoh sees her. She's beautiful. He takes her into her harem. And what's the end of the story? Actually, Moses leaves with, with Sarah uh, and leaves with this great fortune that, that Pharaoh gives him. I and mean, it's just, it's unmerited. It's, it's crazy. And so, so Abraham walked in this incredible grace of God. He really, really did. And I guess Jacob, who came after, who was called the deceiver and then becomes Israel, I mean, he walked in grace. Joseph walked in grace uh, in terms of the absolute God-given anointing on his life and what he did for, for the people of God. And then, so for God's people, it was a journey of absolute unmerited favor and grace. And then, of course, came Moses uh, and the law, which really uh, created, I guess, uh, uh, no longer a dispensation of grace. And as you remember, with the law of Sinai, uh, the, the Father says, um, I'm offering you a new dispensation, a new covenant. Uh, when a new covenant, I'm offering you a covenant. And, and it's a covenant where I will become involved with you divinely. Uh, and the covenant is that if you do things right, there's a divine blessing on your lives. And when I say divine blessing, oh, beyond what you could ever imagine. I mean, we, he, he talks in, they talk in Deuteronomy where you will... You'll, you'll draw from wells that you didn't actually have to dig even. You'll live in houses you didn't even build. You'll, you'll have vines that you didn't even plant. So it's like, it's not just favor. It's like a, it's a glorious favor. As long as you guys actually do what you need to do, you behave yourselves, you, you follow my ways, you will do it. But there's effort in what you do. But the trouble with this particular covenant is that it had a, a divine curse on it. So it's almost worse than the old Gentiles because if you think about it, that if they did not actually walk in obedience, do exactly the right things, there was a divine curse on them. Which, uh, so it was as equally as it was good, it was, it, it was bad. And, and so, yeah, it, was, it really did show the people of God of which we are, in a sense, spiritual descendants of, it really did show them that they couldn't do this on their own. They could not earn the favor of God. They couldn't, they, they, they fell so far short of, of, of the doing side because of their human frailty that there was a, there had to be a cry for a, a, another way. And all of this pointing to the new way, pointing to Jesus, where he comes and he offers us the favor of God as an absolute free gift, not based on our good or bad behavior. It's just an absolute free gift. So we just say, thank you, Jesus. It's a better covenant, this new covenant based on, 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 on better, better principles, and we are, we are so grateful for that. So so that's the kind of the journey, you know, you think about it, we're either on our own, if we're, if we're out of God, we better work very hard to get, to make it through. In God, uh, 
there, there is a whole new and different way. So, 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 so what is this? What is this, this drastically new way? And I think, I think they actually even called the believers the way. I, you know, I seem to remember. And it is a, a whole new... This is good. The, the, the preacher is about to get electrocuted, so I'm very glad what, as to what's going on here. <laughs> uh, saved. Saved my helmet. Thank you. <laughs> So, so what is this? What is this? What is this urge of which grace is such a, a an essential part of? What is this new way of living that's being offered to us in the gospel? I mean, in essence, it is it's getting off the throne of our own lives. It's stopping doing it our way. It's stopping trying to make it through on our own. It's surrendering our lives. Uh, and it's embracing his free gifts uh, to do life both with him in us and working in us and through us, but also working on, on our behalf. It's, it's submitting to his lordship. You know, we talk about Jesus as Savior, but the p- position of lordship is actually you are lord of all. You are lord of my life. You are lord of the way I I father my children. You are Lord uh, of the way I do business. It's an absolute submission, but it's undergirded by grace. And that is, and by measure, that's, the, that's our journey. More and more and more and more to give up on ourselves, but giving up ourselves and realizing what we are actually able to receive in, in Jesus. And that, that becomes, I think, the journey of our lives. So it is definitely this beautiful new covenant with amazing, amazing promises. Don't worry, guys. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got about halfway through, so we... <laughs> uh, the, the, the interesting thing, of course, about grace, if you think about it, it we know it's an ancient truth. I mean, it's, it's been sitting there in the gospel uh, right from the start, uh, and... And, uh, yeah, this Paul, this Paul, we have to give credit to Paul. I mean, they talk about acknowledging those guys who contended for grace. We have to, we really have to acknowledge old Paul, if you think about it. I mean, he was the guy, and I can understand why this whole message of the grace of God came through Paul versus other church leaders like, like say, Peter and the other guys. Paul deeply steeped in theology. But what happened with Paul after he got knocked off his horse, received Jesus, he was taken away, and, and he went away and just literally sat in the presence of Holy Spirit in Asia Minor somewhere for a number of years, getting these downloads of, of the gospel and of grace. Peter and the guys, very Jewish in their ways, very steeped in law, Law is do good, you get good. Do bad, you get bad. You can see how, how Peter says these in, 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 Peter's, uh, in, in, in Peter's writings, how he says this, the, these, this, the, the writings of Paul are almost too hard to fathom. And you can see why out of his Jewishness of Peter, 
unearned favor out of an old covenant environment where favor was through works, you can see how it was, was an anathema. So we really have to, to acknowledge, acknowledge Paul and all of this. But anyway, there we got, we've got this gospel. We've got this sitting in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ is this thing called grace right from the start. Uh, but then we kind of, in our church history, go through this dark ages where, I don't know, we kind of lost everything. We even lost the Bible and all sorts of stuff. And, I mean, then we get to Luther. So you're talking about contending. Uh, here's a guy who, under, I mean, under fierce opposition from religion, he comes. And it was 500 years ago. It's 50, I think it was 1517 that he comes and he has these 95 theses, I think it is. But, I mean, the most critical thing is he, he hammers out and he said, guys, salvation that is getting right with God and coming into right standing with God, is not as you guys say it is, which is through works. Uh, and if it's not works, well, then you better actually, uh, how can I say it? You better actually pay certain money to deal with your sin, uh, and you might get right that way. And he said no, and he speaks out, and he says, salvation and I think there was a lot of focus in those days on heaven and hell when we talked about salvation right with God is through grace and faith, and that is it. So he talks about these things, which I know David Myberg would like to hear. It's soul uh, gratia, which is grace, and soul, uh, I think it's fide, which is faith. So, so that's how, how we receive everything. It's by grace unearned, unmerited, through faith. We have to humbly receive that unearned thing. So it's, it, it hangs around for quite a long. It's been kind of 500 years uh, that, that this word has, has been sp spoken. I am no church historian, but so we, we sit in the body of Christ where, where grace was a doctrine linked to our salvation and getting right with God for many, many, many years. But it seems to me that what has happened in the last hundred years or so in church history is that so many of the ancient truths are, through these most amazing anointed men and women of God, have crept in. You know, a hundred years or so, Azusa Street broke out. Uh, Holy Spirit became alive once more. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit wasn't some kind of a, just a doctrine of Trinity, but in fact, God in us, God with us, the very power of God with us. So if we, that's an early 20th century. So it's 100 years ago that it came back. And then we look at the 20th century. We look at Somewhere along the line, this whole fatherhood of God, not God being a stern, uh, out there, judgmental God, but, but Abba Father. We think of, I don't know, um, we think of, of, of Sozo in its, its widest form, where Sozo is not just for the hereafter, uh, and between then and now, you just got to do your kind of best. You got to hang in for glory. Uh, but sozo is the promises, the yes and amens of God are for now. Jesus says, 
as he is, so are we in this world. And, you know, this whole thing of salvation is not, I think, as kind of Martin Luther and the guys saw it. It's so, so much bigger. And so we, then we see faith coming in, you know. It's, this whole thing about, it's not, we don't plead for God, to God for, for his deliverances, for his promises. And if we plead long enough, we wear him out. You know, it's like we knock on the door and eventually he lets us in, etc., etc. But it's actually, the faith is, no, we, we receive by faith. It is our inheritance and it is our promise to walk in victory on this earth. So we see what's happening in the, in, in, in the, in the, the 20th century. And then it's only in the last 20 years that we've got this emphasis on, on the unmeritedness. So you can see how things, um, I think, are building up to a crescendo. I don't think we as believers, believers, all of us here today, and I don't believe the body of Christ is yet walking in its fullness. But you can see with each new ancient truth, we get more free, we get more victorious, we get more in into a place of deliverance. Uh, and so, so this, this, this grace thing has been around, but I think it is leading, I think, to a culmination uh, of, of something very, very special as things in this world get more and more hairy, I must, I must say. So, how am I doing? I'm going to move very quickly. So we just, we do know, and I'm not going to spend time of it, the opposite of grace is self-effort. Um, but, but there's one thing that I do want to say. So when, when, we, when this first grace message kind of was, was kind of came to the fore again, those against us said, they were talk, used to talk about sloppy grace. I don't know if anybody remember that. Sloppy grace, ah, what is it? So you guys have already received, uh, you didn't earn it. You didn't uh, pray in tongues for 40 hours. You just, it was a free gift. So it's all sloppy. You now sit, you eat chips and what, drink Coca-Cola and watch your TV and life's going to be fine. Uh, that was kind of like, this is what sloppy grace is. But the thing about it is that, 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 that grace and, and walking in the grace and walking in this gospel, the outworking of this gospel uh, is whilst it it's it whilst it does not require self effort, it does require effort. So there is a response to grace, uh, and we don't attain the fullness uh, of the promises of God by sitting, watching series, and eating whatever. We don't, but. But as believers, and if you look at Paul, I mean, Paul says, you talk about sloppy grace. You know, Paul says, actually, I, I, work, I work harder than all the other apostles, but not me, but this grace that is within me, empowering me. So this grace is a, is a power, so certainly not sloppy. But for us as believers, now we... we for us to walk into these fullnesses of the promises of God, we firstly got to know, well, what are the promises? Uh, we've got to understand what righteousness is, what grace is, what faith is. And so there is 
between a position of whilst we have received in Christ everything and walking into it, there is a walking out that we do do, and grace, grace is an important part of that. So as we walk it out, we all know that receiving the promises of God, there is opposition, there's, there's self-doubt, did God really say? There's the fiery darts of the evil one saying, you know, is God really for you? There's unbelief, there's the words of of other people saying, you know, come on, did, <laughs> is, is God really going to come through for you, etc., etc. So there is definitely uh, a working out, uh, and grace is not sloppy, and this gospel is not sloppy, but it's from a position that we walk out, from a position we've already received, and now we walk it out, and we then see the full manifestation. So no sloppiness in grace at all. So the, the, the interesting thing is, well, the, the other thing is we don't want to walk in this kind of doctrinal, like, uh, space age. Is that, you know, where does, where does grace and, and where does this beautiful gospel um, apply? And, and, and I think our, my argument is, and, and the argument is applies in everything in life. The more we are dead to ourselves and the more that we are alive to Christ and the more that Christ is working in and through us as a free gift uh, and working on our behalf divinely, uh, the more that it applies. And it applies everything uh, in life. So, you know, Paul talks so often. He talks about, by the grace of God, I've been given uh, I've, I've been called by the grace of God to bring this gospel, especially to the Gentiles. So he talks about by the grace of God, by the calling of God. But in many, and on a number of times, he also talks by the will of God. And kind of the deduction there is that, that anything that we as sons and daughters of God are doing in the will of God is firstly calling, and secondly, we can call on, 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 on unmerited favor. So it really does bring this gospel down to our every single day. If we are called to be, to be parents, if we are parents, that's in the will of God. So we, we are parents, we can call upon the unmerited favor of God. Lord, help me to parent these little people so, so well. Lord, also, I, I need you to go well beyond me and please, by your divine grace, bring where I've fallen short in my parenting, by your grace, bring other influences in their lives to really bring them into full maturity in Christ. In our businesses, um, it's, it's, it's calling upon God, saying, God, I, 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 I want to walk, and I do walk in this unmerited favor. I walk in the, the wisdom of God. Somebody needs coffee, you see. So somebody's decided to move. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's really, it's, it's, it's in the every day that this unmerited favor has to walk out. We cannot be as believers restricted to, well, I did it well, under the anointing of Holy Spirit, so I'm going to receive well. It's got to be well beyond that. It's, I am a son and daughter of God, and despite my own humanness and my mistakes, the, the unmerited favor of God 
just works on my behalf. So it puts us, in a sense, in the eyes of the world, and certainly in the eyes of do good, get good, and do bad, get bad, we have an unfair advantage. And that we're sons and daughters of God Almighty. So, you know, we mustn't be apologetic of actually doing better, being more prosperous, being more healthy. We mustn't. It's our, it is our inheritance. So, kind of as I do wrap up, I think, uh, so, so we also got to remember that we are human. So, so, so the, the unmerited favor, the gift of God does work in us. And I do think as we become more and more saturated in the gospel, our decisions are wiser. Uh, uh, we, we walk with Holy Spirit and so closer. And, and we, there, there is this whole thing of God, God working in me and through me. Um, but grace acknowledges that we're still human beings. And so I think grace goes beyond that. And it's, it's a position of God... Not only do you work in and through me, but you are working on my behalf. You're going well beyond even my mistakes. You're going well beyond my mistakes. My mistakes, my humanity, my poor decisions are covered by the unmerited favor of God. Uh, and so it takes us well beyond just us making good decisions because we are anointed by Holy Spirit. Hang in there, everybody. Hang in there. Lunch is coming. Um, so there's one other thing, and, and, and I'm going to wrap up with that, is grace is not mercy. Grace is not mercy. And you're really going to understand that. What, what is mercy? I mean, I don't know. My, 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 my thinking of mercy is the following. Somebody has no rights. He has, they have no rights at all. You just... You don't, you don't have any rights, and the third party says, but I've decided, in a sense, to, uh, to let you go. This penalty is not yours, but you have no rights, but I've decided. Grace does something different. Grace says, no, you do have rights. Well, you said, hold on, what rights have I got as an unbeliever accepting? Grace gives every unbeliever the full right to accept Jesus as Lord. No, the evil one can't stop that. You have a right. It's not mercy. Yes, did, G did God send Jesus as an act of mercy for mankind? Yes, that's an act of mercy. But as, a, as an unbeliever, you have rights. You have the right to accept Jesus and start walking into this glorious, glorious gospel. And then obviously, uh, as a believer, we have rights to walk in. So it's, it's not... It's not mercy. You know, we, 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 sometimes we use grace badly. We say, oh, it's the grace of God that I caught my flight. Oh, well, it wasn't actually the grace of God. If you, if it was, it would have been an outworking of the grace of God if you approached the Father and called on grace and stood in faith for grace to work. So grace is not mercy, and grace is not sloppy. So everybody, we are grateful, 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 grateful for grace. We really are. Grace is taking us into the opportunity of working out our salvation here on earth. 
in the most magnificent way. We are grateful for grace and faith to receive the full salvation of God uh, and, uh, and just to receive an internal inheritance with Jesus. And so let me end with a prayer. And the prayer is, Lord, we are just so grateful that no longer do we have to try and earn your approval, work for your approval, get it all right, not only to get your approval, but to get your God intervention. We are positioned as sons and daughters of God. We are loved of God. We are righteous. And even, Lord, as we work out our own sanctification and purity, we do that by your grace and righteousness. We are so, so grateful that we have left religion behind, and we now just walk in a glorious inheritance, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.